This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 101, where we're talking about Gotham, Heroes Rise, season 3, episode 22, Heavy Dirty Soul, the finale of season 3. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. This is our episode 101, Gotham TV Podcast, talking about Season 3, Episode 22, Heavy Dirty Soul, the finale of Gotham Season 3. Gone through another 22 episodes, John. I know. 22 episodes, three seasons, 22 episodes, 66 episodes of Gotham, and we've done 101 episodes of podcasting. I know. Cool, isn't it? I need a whiskey. <laughs> um, I am one of your hosts, John, fellow detectives. Yeah, and I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Um, yeah, so we are ending off the season of Gotham, um, season three. Um, just to let you know, if you, if you haven't already been made aware, uh, we are going to be starting up Gotham season four on September 21st. But because of the way the show was being released in Ireland for, um, for season three, we were actually doing 22 weeks back to back on Gotham. We haven't missed a week. We've done 22 weeks with no breaks uh, for Gotham. So we will be coming up with a bit of a break before it gets to uh, September 21st. Yes. <laughs> yes, we will. Holidays, maybe. Maybe. Maybe a little bit of a break from podcasting anyway. Yes. So, yeah. Unless you join us over on our Defenders TV podcast <laughs> group where we still have three more episodes of that series to go. Anyway, uh, really good to have you with us for this episode. A uh, couple of other little things before we go ahead. We have the finale of our Bullockism competition. Yes, thank you to everyone who uh, sent in their Bullockisms of the week. Uh, it really is much appreciated. Mm-hmm. And there may be a slight delay to uh, receiving the vinyl pop that is currently in transit to our new location. Uh, and uh, yes, once we have the storage boxes available, uh, we will dig it out and post it on. So please, please bear with us, whoever uh, wins the competition, which is going to be from the famous name out of the hat, of prize draw. Of course, but you will be um, getting a copy of season three of Gotham. We said last week that it was going to be Blu-ray, but we're conscious that some people don't have Blu-ray, Blu-ray players, so you do get your choice when we email you and make your choice whether it's a DVD or Blu-ray, and we'll get it sent to you as well. So, a uh, good prize there. The pop is the Harvey Bullock pop, which will be, uh, as I say, going out sometime uh, next month, probably, once we get our... Uh, he's on a bit of a tour at the moment. He's protecting <laughs> yes. the local streets moment, but uh, we will be getting that. John, do you want to get the famous hat? I certainly will do. Famous hat. It's been used for two years now. Yes, PricewaterhouseCooper has, uh, (laughs) as always... Don't say that, because we haven't verified this. Uh, It will be one person taken from the hat who will win all of the prizes. Let me give this a little jiggle. Mm -hmm. Derek. Okay. The winner is Daniel Butcher. Congratulations, Daniel. Congrats, um, Daniel. A vinyl pop and uh, some playing cards and... Trading cards. Trading cards, <laughs> even. And uh, obviously a Blu-ray or DVD of Season 3 of Gotham, whichever you prefer, will be in a delayed fashion 
winging its way yes. towards you. I'll be in contact with you by email to get your details. Thanks so much to everybody for, to, who entered. Uh, we will be doing another competition, I'm sure, for season four. Um, but thank you so much to everybody who entered. There were a few people who asked uh, not to be included in the competition, um, just to make that make it fair. Uh, there was uh, some people that decided that they weren't going to be um, in the competition, but have uh, generously donated their uh, their thoughts over the course of the season as well. Yes, absolutely. So thank you to everyone who sent in uh, those bullockisms of the week. It is much appreciated and, of course, always adds to the podcast. Absolutely. Um, but I think with that, we can get on with our spoiler-filled review of this, the final episode of Gotham Season 3. Um, yeah, Derek. Take it away with the episode details. Absolutely. Uh, this episode was directed by Rob Bailey, who's done seven episodes of Gotham in total uh, so far. He's done uh, Heavy Dirty Soul, obviously this one, Blood Rush, Look Into My Eyes, A Legion of Horribles, The Son of Gotham, Knock Knock, and The Famous Penguin's Umbrella back in season one. Uh, he's also scheduled to direct episode eight of season four. Um, so he's been heavily involved in the yeah. show right the way back from the start. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the um, episode was written by Robert Hull, who hasn't actually worked with Rob Bailey before, but has also done seven episodes of the show. So he's done many great episodes, things like Time Bomb this season. Uh, he did these delicate and dark, dark obsessions. Yeah, which was the great one directed by Jim Gordon. Yes, that's right. Behind the camera, ben, ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie, that's right. Yeah, um, love that. Love that episode. Mm-hmm. And he's done Mommy's Little Monster. He did Mad Great Dawn, Pinewoods. We've talked about him many times during the season. Another great person to have the show in the hands of as we get to the end of the season. Uh, really, really good. Delighted to have both of these guys on board. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Bruce's conditioning wears off as he is confronted with Alfred run through by his own hand. Spurning Rachel Ghoul's offer to be his heir, Bruce uses the waters of the Lazarus Pit to rescue Alfred from death. At the hospital, Selina arrives, and the tense visit sees her and Bruce's relationship disintegrate as they both go their separate ways. With Jervis Tetch in the hands of Barbara and the Riddler, they begin to blackmail the city of Gotham in exchange for Tetch and the Antidote. However, Nigma's obsession with Penguin forces him to betray Barbara as he meets Jim and Harvey to swap Tetch for the Penguin. However, the deal heads south as Barbara, Tabitha and Butch interrupt the exchange. In the escape, Jim and Harvey secure Tetch's blood for the antidote and Cobblebot returns the tables in his favour, capturing Nigma. Back at the GCPD, Jim Gordon, still fighting the virus, is caught between saving himself and Leslie Tompkins or joining her and embracing his true virus self. Gordon decides to leave with Lee, but as they, they escape through the train station, Bullock intercepts them and urges Jim to remember his calling, giving him his badge back with two vials of the antidote. In the train, Gordon injects himself and Lee, freeing them from the virus. Losing Tetch opens the fault lines between Barbara and Tabitha and Butch. Butch is shot and Tabitha kills Barbara in revenge. However, elsewhere, Nigma breaks free of Cobblepot's handcuffs and believes he has the upper hand. But Cobblepot has wised up to the Riddler and goads him into returning to the port to finish off his murderous job. At the docks, Cobblepot's trap is sprung as Fry's freezes Nigma and in so doing forms a gorgeous centrepiece to Penguin's new club, the Iceberg Lounge. <laughs> but it is also an important reminder to never let love weaken him again. 
As Sumnor Mylotty returns to Gotham, Selina is adopted by Tabitha, who is surprised by her skill with her whip. Gordon receives a letter from Lee stating she is leaving Gotham, and a new vigilante is out in Gotham protecting the vulnerable. On a rooftop high above Gotham, Bruce Wayne removes his mask. Oh yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so cool. So, so cool. So much stuff going on at the end of this, uh, this season, around the end of this episode. Uh, this was shown as the second part of a two-parter episode, uh, back-to-back with uh, episode 21 uh, in the US, but we got to see it a week apart uh, over here, two separate episodes. But there seemed to be loads going on to talk about. Oh, I mean, trying to write that synopsis without um, turning it into sort of a hundred page thesis. Yeah. Like there was an awful lot and so much of the storylines intertwining. Um, so yeah, this was jam packed with wrapping up a number of the season's storylines. Uh, but maybe even thinking that a season four wasn't necessarily going to be on its way. And um, yeah. it certainly closed off a lot of the, um, the avenues. Um, but it did give snippets and it left it open for the renewal of season four, definitely, which was great. Um, I'm sure the writers, the creators and everyone had absolute faith that it was going to get uh, renewed for season four. Um, and it, it certainly has left a lot of intriguing and exciting stuff for season four, to be honest. So, yeah, this was a really good episode. Yep. Um, but I think with that, our first case note. Yes. Um, case note one. Yes, Bruce becomes the adolescent Gotham needs. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, we kind of ended off last episode in a big kind of cliffhanger as uh, as Bruce had run Alfred through with a sword. Um, I don't think either of us were in any doubt that Alfred was going to be saved. It's one of the main characters of the show who really can't disappear and die. So um, so we did kind of guess that uh, with Rachel Gulpool uh, sitting right next door to Bruce, that that would be a way that he would save him. So uh, so yes, we hear um, Rach gets gets his win there. He gets uh, convinces Bruce to... Uh, to turn on Alfred and kill him. So uh, so Rache gets his win and we hear him kind of coming out of the darkness saying, use the waters, our time will come. Now I'm convinced that you are the right person. Yeah, Br- Bruce really turns again against him. His conditioning kind of gets broken by his realisation of Alfred being stabbed at his own hand yeah. uh, with the sword. But Rache really does fight him saying, you know, uh, you've broken your conditioning Bruce is very much saying he will never join you. Very, uh, very Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker in that sense. Definitely. Um, but that almost, uh, sorry, not almost, that definitely convinces Raish that, you know, he is the true heir to himself and to, to be his dark, um, the dark watcher over, over Gotham because he's been able to break the conditioning mm-hmm. that he's strong physically and mentally. So even though, uh, Bruce does break free of Raish al Ghul. Um, Raish is still very much thinking Bruce is um, his his heir. Uh, and yeah, luckily for, for Alfred, the waters of the Lazarus pit are lapping close by. Um, but of course, yeah, 
Alfred has been stabbed yet again. I think I count this as Alfred has been stabbed in every season of Gotham. At least once, yes. Um, I was watching it earlier on in season three. Uh, there's definitely the Talon stabs him as well, sending him to hospital uh, yeah. as well. So Tabitha got him Tabitha as well. And I'm sure in season one as well, he got stabbed. So mm-hmm. his um, his health insurance over there in Gotham um, is probably racking up a bit. Um, who would have thought that a butler would have such a, a medical history? Well, I do feel that the billionaire Bruce Wayne may be helping him out with payments for his health insurance. Um, what you do see in this episode, as, there, as Alfred's being wheeled into Gotham General, uh, they do pi- bypass quite significant cues for the Eeyore um, probably <laughs> brought on by the uh, by the Tetch virus um, sending a lot of people to, to the uh, hospital with wounds and damage and uh, yeah effectively Alfred's wheeled all the way through and gets his own private room and um, that's definitely the benefit of having the billionaire Bruce Wayne as being your uh, your charge well definitely or your family as, as Bruce nice yeah I mean that was a nice little point um, and touch that that was the um, but he is saved by the the waters of, of the Lazarus pit, um, and of course he gradually recovers and so on. Yeah. But whilst we're there, we do see um, a visit from Selena, and and this was a nice little again touching of of, of base here uh, between the two of them. Yeah. Um, but they have almost grown apart, even though they have both come to understand more about themselves. That has driven them. Uh, further away, or the, their their previous arguments are, are still lingering, really, with them. Uh, they're not able to to push push through that. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, we see them really leaving on a bit of a sour note between the two of them. Uh, yeah, in, like Bruce is really he, he's very critical of her here, and um, you know, thinking that she's being flippant and and really only caring uh, about herself. But yeah. she does come back with a great line saying, I thought you knew me. Obviously, I was wrong. To, you know, something along those lines that yeah. he should know that she does care, even though she does and goes to all this effort to try and show that she doesn't underneath the hood, so to speak. Uh, she does. It ends on a bit of a sour note for the two of them in that sense. Yeah. And they both part ways. And remember, Bruce doesn't know that she came back to um, to Wayne Manor to stop the Bruce Ganger, um a few weeks ago and a couple of episodes ago. Um, he doesn't know what's gone on in her life because he has been out of the city for so long. So uh, in his mind, it, it it's as if Selena has just walked back in to his life out of nowhere probably with some trouble as because that's all we all she ever seems to bring behind her when she comes and works with Bruce. So you can understand Bruce's point of view, but from her point of view she worked with Alfred trying oh, to get rid of the doppelganger. So I um, presume that somewhere in Gotham the doppelganger is slowly decomposing. Mm-hmm. Um like he has he has run and fled um and obviously the last we heard he was um sort of terminally getting yeah. destroyed uh, because of the kind of uh, incomplete nature of Strange's yes. attempts to create this clone. So, um, yeah, somewhere in Gotham... That's what he's been told. Yeah, somewhere in Gotham, the doppelganger survives or is slowly perishing at the hands of bad science. <laughs> and the Brussel ganger. Uh, yes, he's still around there somewhere. He's still around there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to get on to case note number two, John. Yeah, Tetch's blood for a cure. Mm. Um, and this really 
provides a huge kind of uh, linchpin for this episode um, is, is Tetch and, and his blood. I mean, first of all, the Riddler and Barbara begin to blackmail the city uh, for tons of money, yeah. loads of property in exchange for Tetch and the possibility of the 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 antidote. Yeah. Harvey says something like the blackmail that's coming from this particular uh, crime is bigger than any blackmail they've ever received before. So it's effectively once you bring in the crazies like like Barbara, she's looking to own parts of the town and get millions and millions of dollars for the return of uh, of the blood of Tetch. Definitely, yeah. um, but it, it leads on to so much more. It it, it kind of. Uh, it allows Enigma to reignite his his obsession for killing and destroying um, Oswald oh, yes. from the the offer by by Jim Gordon to to do a trade, but also in so doing he turns his back and betrays Barbara, which then snowballs even further uh, in, into sort of the 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 fracture that really ends up with Butch and Tabitha. And finally, kind of throwing in the towel uh, on their partnership with, with Barbara. So Jervis Tetch really drives a lot of this episode. Um, he has driven a lot of the season. This season, without him, we wouldn't have had Alice and her virus, obviously, um, uh, going and creating the end of the season, really. So most of most of everything that happened from the beginning of the season has been because uh, Alice and her brother arrived in the city of Gotham. So good to see him here at the end as well, um, forming a big part of where it goes. Yeah, and under all of this, Jim still has uh, the virus mm-hmm. coursing through him, which makes um, and, and, and leads to a really great situation where he effectively drains Jervis Tetch of the blood once he has been cornered by Barbara. Yeah. Basically, the exchange between Jim and, and Enigma um, really heads south and Barbara comes in um, and, yeah, he and Harvey effectively uh, take Tetch's blood and run, leaving Tetch um, bleeding and bound. So that that was really... I thought that was really cool that, um, you know, I think, what does Barbara go? She goes, Jim, you bad man, you know. Uh-huh. Like, she really understands that he may be playing to type. Maybe he is that tough. Um but, but slitting a man's throat and taking his taking his blood out and sealing it back up with uh, with sellotape, effectively. Well, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> pretty far. I loved I loved Harvey's reaction when he came back to the GCPD to give um, to give their scientist at the GCPD the the blood and goes, "What have you been, What have you never seen a jar full of blood before?" <laughs> I'm yeah. sure the I'm sure the uh, scientist is going, "No, it's not normally the way it's carried around the city." But uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, but the the antidote's done like very quickly, mm. and but. Jim has two attempts to give it to Leslie. Uh, the first, he fails completely, and it seems as though Leslie, through her kiss, uh, really draws out the virus more. And I think even before that, Jervis Tetch is there saying, you know, one more sort of cycle of, of the virus and the voices talking to Jim, and, and you will succumb to it. Yeah. But he manages to keep up the fight, and Harvey... Um, really, you know, gets his badge and two more vials to Jim. Although at this stage, I suppose we are thinking Jim might be lost to the yeah. virus. Yeah. Um, but Harvey convinces him to save Leslie and, and he kind of tries to remind Jim of his, 
his calling, his, his you know, the oath that he's given to mm-hmm. the GCPD. Um, and of course, this time Leslie is caught by surprise. Um, and seemingly the two of them are, are saved from this virus. Yeah. Yeah. By Harv, obviously. So another hero moment yeah. for Harvey. Um, a horrible little fight between the two of them because you do feel Jim could go across the edge and kill his friend here, but, uh, but at least he gets topped off the ledge by Harvey. That's really cool. Very yeah. Cool. I mean, Harvey was really an understanding friend. Oh, yeah. A partner. Um, and a supportive friend. I mean, you know, Jim is the one who kind of comes up with the idea to trade Oswald, which Harvey is like, he is, you know, the king crime pin of, of Gotham here mm-hmm. or was. He was also the mert. We can't just start exchanging him, but you know, Jim lets his blood vessels sort of throb a bit yeah. and, and, and gets his way. Uh, and then at the train station, Jim really is about to sort of destroy him. And probably the point where the virus is going to take over. Uh, yet Harvey manages to, to bring him back from, from the edge there. Good old Harvey. Yeah, good old Harvey in this episode, definitely. This leads us obviously into the next case note. Um, as John said, the kickoff for almost everything that happens in this episode is the is the exchange for for Tetch. But our next next big one is really that Oswald kidnaps Ed, um, and it's quite cool. It's the, this whole scene between the two of them getting these two characters back together. They've had such a long history in this show, but particularly this season where the Riddler has been created. Uh, and the conversations between these two characters are fantastic. They both escape when uh, when Barbara Butch and Tabitha come in and open fire. That's how they both get yeah. away. Um, but Oswald knocks out over the head and sticks him in the back of the police car and, and runs off with it. Uh, just just as uh, as Harvey and Jim are coming out with uh, with Tetch in hand, uh, which is quite cool. But I love you know that, that Ed and Oswald are kind of at each other uh, in the car. The two of them just giving each other a, a good a right dig, you know. Um, and Oswald going prepare for a massive tantrum from me. Uh, you think that I'm you think that I'm easy to manipulate. It's time for me to to take it back out on you, you know. Um, but did you did you suspect that that Oswald was in charge here the whole time? Did you think that Ed had gotten one over on him? Was it a big surprise for you? It, it was for me. It was a surprise, but then when I saw the pin, I remember at the time thinking that's a fairly ornate pin to be just down the back of a police vehicle's mm-hmm. back seat. So um, as soon as it opened up, absolutely, I thought, wow, that's a great little twist. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that because... All this time, Oswald has almost been treated as the dumb guy by by the Riddler, yeah. by Ed, since they fell out. Um, and really what we get here is that Oswald has learned from that. Um, and to the point where, and I, I love the fact that after uh, Mr. Freeze has made the Riddler, what did you call it? An, an Edsicle. An Edsicle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be the showpiece and centre of... And we finally get it, the Iceberg Lounge, which mm-hmm. is very, very cool. Um, no pun intended, obviously. <laughs> I'm but, sure that's on the posters. You know, Oswald makes a really important point that, you know, he is a reminder that love um, should not weaken me again yeah. to the point where I lose the plot. I, I take my eye off the ball and I lose everything that I've worked for. Um, and I, I think that is what is great about 
this interaction between Ed and Oswald is just the fact that Ed thinks he's in charge and Oswald understands him completely. I mean, yeah. on, on the pier where Ed has taken him back to kill the penguin, just the way he says, and your weakness is that you're so predictable because you have to complete everything in a particular exacting fashion. Yes. Um, whereas Oswald's is that he uses his raw emotions. But Oswald has shown here he has a mind and should not be underestimated Absolutely. at all. I loved it. I thought it was a really great setup that Penguin had done. And it was good to see Mr. Fries and also Poison Ivy there. Yeah. I wonder where Firefly is at this moment. She doesn't get on well with Freeze. So she doesn't. She's but, not um, needed for a job. She won't come back. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it'll be really good. Um, you know, Oswald really kind of goes at Ed as well. You know, your entire persona is based on a lie. And that lies that you've not been able to kill me. So you, you, you thought you had, but I didn't die. Mm-hmm. And it was that death. It was that change, that ending of one chapter of, of Ed's life where he becomes the Riddler. So he hasn't finished it off. And it really, um, it makes Nigma have to take him back to the port and to the docks yep. to kill him. And so, yeah, I, lo- I love this. I-, I just thought it was um, very good. And of course, Oswald as well has removed the bullets. So he's in the moment, you know, if Barbara hadn't come uh, and interrupted the exchange, he- he's he's really put into place a plan very quickly um, and very efficiently. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, but that's, that's why Oswald is Oswald. That's why you never can't deny. No, absolutely. Always a great one. Uh, speaking of Barbara, she does kind of form the center of our fourth case note. Um, because Butch and Tabitha have finally had enough here. Uh, a couple of interesting moments earlier on when she just starts to treat the two of them like her henchmen. Uh, she starts saying to them, you know, you idiots can't do anything. I, I gave you one simple job, which was to guard the Riddler and you let him go. And the two of them are kind of going, we're never in on your plan. Your plan was to become the leader of the city and completely ignore what we wanted. Um, so that is, that's kind of the kickoff point for this episode. This is, uh, yeah, I Butch, mean, Butch and Tabitha turning on. Definitely. Talking. Like power has corrupted Babs, um, to the extent where she has forgotten who have, who has been there for her previously. Yeah. Like this, if you think the start of the season, Babs and Tabs, Almost inseparable. Yeah. Um, really and, and then the, the, the Riddler really, uh, comes in and, and destroys it. And maybe that was his plan, you know, to disrupt them so that yes, he, he gets a portion of this power, but maybe that ultimately his long game was to break Barbara's hold so that she thinks she's getting everything and in the end gets nothing. Um, and ultimately here, whether it was down to the Riddler or not, Babs has gotten nothing. Yeah. Um, I thought her scene with Butch was really good where she pulls the gun um, and she does a little bit of singing. I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't remember the exact words, but I thought it was just really good. And Butch finally gets his, his moment to repay Tabitha yeah. for her being strong for him when she lost her her hands to... to um, Enigma, yep. and he unfortunately uh, gets a bullet between the the eyes here uh, and and dies. Um, but we, our Drew Powell has gotten a, a bullet in the head. Yeah, one of our favorite characters in the show. And there's 
there's a reason we're not sad about that, which we'll talk about. I know. In our in our, our final point. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. But instead of a head in a box or... It was shocking, though. Yeah, it was. Because yeah, it was mid-sentence. So, yeah. It's basically where Butch announces that Barbara uh, always hated him because he had Tabitha and, and she drove Tabitha away. And then he says that um, that Barbara never deserved someone as good as Tabitha and gets the bullet in the head. So, yeah, uh, that's the trigger point for me. And, of course, instead of um, a head in a box or a horse's head between the sheets, um, Tabitha gets a a metal hand in a box. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, like, but this then immediately, again, I think uh, just it shows the strength of uh, Tabitha and, and Butch's relationship. That mm-hmm. She's the... Babs has got a gun on her back and she is repeating over and over again, did you kill Butch? Oh, yes. You know, does it, it doesn't matter anymore. Did you kill Butch? You know, she just wants to know one thing before she can move forward. And it's a great little um, fight between the two. You know, you have Babs uh, kissing her, using her sexuality, and then a good old headbutt. Oh, yeah. And um, they've been flung through the plasterboard. Um, and in the end, Barbara thinks she's got the upper hand, but Babs has... Um, outmaneuvered her with uh, a whip a whip to the left and a a pull to the right and an electrical jolt for Babs (laughs) who is also dead the revenge she is dead as well yes yes she is she's electrocuted electrocuted yes but nobody stays dead long in Gotham no I'm sure she'll be resurrected (laughs) in fact I have no doubt she will be resurrected very likely but I have to say if you compare the fight between Tabitha and Barbara here in season 3 versus the fight between Barbara and Leslie Tompkins in season 1 which was pretty laughable. I do remember uh, yes. finding it extremely funny. Um, they're definitely upping their game for, for this episode, for this finale. This they, Having these two characters who worked alongside each other for the entirety of this season, uh, going at it as proper proper badasses. Really, yeah, in this episode. It, it, really it's it. really been good, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yes, farewell to Barbara and Butch for the moment. Yes. Um, but let's get on to our point five. Yes. Uh, a um, lot of people know this by now. We're, we're surprised because we weren't spoiled by the many, many endings, more endings here than in, uh, in Lord of the Rings, really. Um, but let's kick off with the first big one, really. Butch's real name is revealed when he's taken off the hospital. Uh, the nurse is standing over him going, Oh, he's just a, he's just a, a bad guy <laughs> in the city of Gotham. Got what he deserved. A bullet to the head. That's what they all deserve. This is Butch Gilzean. Do you not know who he is? And the other doctor reading the sheet says, No, this, he must have changed his name at some point because this is Cyrus yes. Gold. Cyrus Gold, aka. Solomon Grundy. Yeah, so there is huge potential here for Butch to return as the the reincarnated zombie of Solomon Grundy. Yes, um, I think we can say now we're two weeks away from the premiere of uh, Gotham season four as we record this, and we know he's coming back. Yes, we know we're gonna gonna see Solomon. We have heard of the makeup trials uh-huh. that is um, much preparation before taking <laughs> to the acting boards to, to deliver uh, the scenes. But yeah, that's really exciting to see um, the creation of Solomon Grundy. Uh, and it is absolutely fantastic that it is 
um, Drew Drew Powell, who played Butch Gilsey, and um, right. and the first episode, yeah, and it's great to 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 have Butch, who was Fish's right hand man, Penguin's right hand man, then his left hand man, yeah. the confidant and uh, supporter of Tabitha, and mm-hmm. um, he's really gone through the game of Gotham and, and and the underworld, and it's been really good to to see. I think, yeah. It's been so good to see. It's so good to see for this character who's obviously, as an actor, is loved by the people in Gotham. He's loved by the cast of Gotham. We've seen them all interact when they're at conventions and that kind of thing. Um, so I love that they're keeping him on board. Uh, he was he was originally cast as Butch Gilzean, supposed to get a very small part, Didn't wasn't a season regular until season two of Gotham, which is when we had our first interview with him as well, when we were talking to him around that time. Um and now we now we see that not only is he a, re- a regular for the show, they're keeping on board for season four as a major Batman villain. So yeah, um, and I mean, it, I wonder when that decision was made that you know um, Solomon Grundy would be born uh, and it, it would be born to to Butch Gilsey, and mm-hmm. uh, like it's a nice little evolution of this character. So can't wait to see um, how that unfolds in, in season four. Yes, they did mention one of the other uh, bits that happened at the end, the Iceberg Lounge is born, really like the conversation between uh, between Poison Ivy and uh, Oswald here, yeah. where, where she's going, are you calling it the Iceberg Lounge because you're a penguin? He's like, well, that and the, the centerpiece. beautiful centerpiece, uh, yeah. which is really cool. Um, but also, uh, just to, to note that the Sirens bar um, formerly um, with Tabs and Babs, mm-hmm. um, is still around. So I thought, to begin with, that the Iceberg Lounge was probably the Sirens bar. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but one of the other things is we see Tabitha back at the Sirens, left alone, butch dead, and Selena walking through the door, effectively coming to the point where she's saying, I don't... I no longer want to be a survivor. Um, I want to be a player. I want to build something, earn something. Tabitha is all on board to have um, a a Padawan, in a sense, to to really um, teach Selina. It's great that the Tigress um, will be teaching the Kitty here um, after she was shunned by Bruce. And we do see her being pretty handy with a whip, Tabitha's whip. Yeah, so very cool to see Selina. We've seen her with her cat reincarnation Mm -hmm. as she was pushed out of the window. So a lot of the mythology playing out in a slightly different way, but being present there with Selina's creation into Catwoman. Absolutely. Um, And it it makes sense to to have that um, given... She is um, being taught by Tabitha. Yes. The Tigress. If you want to watch something very cool, have a check on, I think it's Instagram, uh, that Cameron Beacon Dover put up the video of her doing her first tests with the whip uh, on set. It's very cool. Check it out. It's it's, uh, it's just just yeah. her practicing with the whip on, uh, on set. It's very cool to see. Another one that just picked up from the uh, from the TV footage that's going on, because I do think the the writers were preparing just in case the show got cancelled at the end of season three, um, I did like some of the little comment commentary that was going on in the on the TV. It was saying that the Tetch antidote was released over the city and has had a ninety percent cure rate. They're now going door to door with the rest of them um, to cure the rest of the people that have been affected by the virus. But 
Interestingly, right now, there are 10% of people are still affected with the virus, which means if there is a season four, which we know there is now, there will be some more impact of the Tetch virus. And the line said by the reporter is, it's sure to reverberate throughout the city for years to come, which we know is the entire intention of the series of Gotham. These are the things that will be kicked off in the show and will reverberate throughout the city for the years to come. Yes, it'll be interesting to see which villain is born from this this virus. Mm-hmm. It'll be really interesting to see. We also get Leslie packing her bags once again yes. to leave Gotham. Um but she leaves a, a, an interesting note to to Jim where she's really saying, you know, that you can help Gotham and Gotham can probably help you, but that she has to go without seeing him. You know, it, it, it just maintains that struggle that Leslie has had in her relationship with Jim. Yeah. And again, she feels as though it's best to up sticks and, and leave Gotham. Will she return? Uh, I hope so to some extent. Yeah. Um, I certainly liked dark Leslie, uh, evil Leslie. I uh, thought that was good, but she has, uh, she has left Gotham and Jim is still there back at the GCPD uh, with Harvey. Well, Harvey at least is looking to get back to some normalcy, but I suppose with a, a 10% non-cure rate of the virus, uh-huh. he might be um, hoping for, for miracles here. Well, it is, it is Jim. Jim left the force at the start of the season. So when we saw him at the beginning of the season, he was out hunting um, the people created by uh, Professor Strange in uh, Indian Hills. So uh, it started out the season that way, and he's saying, now I've got my badge back. Um, can I have something that is that doesn't involve the Tetch virus, that's something that doesn't involve this stuff? And Harvey's kind of going, there's not really a chance because everybody that works here is now working 24-hour yeah. shifts. There's no chance of you getting away with it. But let's see if we can rustle up some different type of trouble on the streets. Uh, but yes, going off for their noon drink, um, like a good old Irish cop. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the biggie. We did save the last one. The big, 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 Brucey gets all serious and becomes, as we said before, the adolescent, adolescent that Gotham deserves. Um, we really see him starting to become uh, a dark knight here. Yes. Can uh, he, I just say the conversation that he has with Alfred in yeah. the hospital is fabulous when Alfred's saying that, uh, when Bruce is saying, I really look up to you, you're, you're a great guide in life. Um, because you never struggle with who you are. And Alfred's kind of going, yeah, but I only got there by finding my one true place, and that's you. It's a beautiful scene between the two characters. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and you know, it really pushes um, Bruce here to, to, to go about his own sort of route here, doesn't it? Yes, and it does. To protect Gotham. Uh, and we get a really nice little reflection of... What happens to, well, what happened to the Wayne family? Except this time the family is saved by a masked vigilante in, in the alleyway. Um, and at the end, I mean, it's such a great big stirring moment where he's atop of, of one of the buildings and the mask is taken off that proto mask, uh, the balaclava. Yeah. Uh, and underneath the is, is Bruce. At the starting point of him wanting to help other people uh, work um, as a vigilante rather than within the law, and it, that's a really sort of great moment for for the show here because 
Um, you wondered how it was going to work. And I thought the, the, the costume of it was really, really good. Um, it did feel like, um, I can't remember the comic book that really explored sort of the early years. And I think even it was in a, um, an animated series as yes, well. Yes, it was Batman Year One, which we covered back on yeah. fourth or fifth that episodes. Was it. Yeah, yeah, Year One. And where, you know, you, you have the, the balaclava and there's the, the, the signs of, the suit to an extent. Mm. Um, it's just dressed all in black, actually, in, in that comic book. And I remember the slight difference. Same here. And yeah. I mean, he's still to get his moniker of the bat. And oh, that is still to come. And I, I think that hopefully is, is also a part of season four, how that bat iconography yeah. of Batman and uh, how that gets established within the mindset of, of Bruce Wayne. I, I think that'll be really um, exciting to see. To I just honest. want to see one bat. I just want to see one bat. The bat cave, something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I did really enjoy this. I know. I know. In year one, the slight difference, and it's it's something you definitely couldn't do on this show because Bruce has been so central um, in so many different things going on with Jerome kidnapping him, with Galavan being involved with him. Um, he's so central that I think in the comic books. Um, Bruce Wayne puts a scar on his face because he's been out of the country for a couple of years and comes back looking very different than he does um, than he did before he left. So he puts a scar on his face, goes down to the bad part of town and beats up a couple of people then there. Um, I don't think he could have done that in the show. You couldn't no. have had Bruce change his entire face significantly enough for you not to know who it is. So you had to do something like a balaclava, which oh, absolutely. I think was the right choice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else big that happened but there's definitely enough uh, in there a couple of little notes from the ep- episode didn't mention last week obviously Rachel Ghoul is played by Alexander S- Sadiq who was in uh, Star Trek DS Deep Space Nine and recently in Game of Thrones so um, two big shows two shows that I absolutely love and I know you're a huge fan of them as well John yeah definitely and one other thing I missed out from the, <laughs> from the start of the uh, of the episode because I was too busy laughing at the train on fire um, there was also a zeppelin in the sky on fire um, the reason why I found this particularly fun uh, it's because they've never actually introduced that there's been a Zeppelin actually in the show. It's something that's kind of in the uh, it's in the the picture of the Gotham logo, I think. Um, yeah, and in some of the wide screen sort of establishing shots when they they go across the city, it's certainly earlier in on the sky. We had we had commented on it episode on. three, season one. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Balloon Man, we commented on whether there was going to be somebody taken away by um, by the Zeppelin in the sky, but I just thought it was hilarious that one of the, <laughs> one of the CGI guys spent the time setting fire to the Zeppelin more than us seeing it. So maybe season four will be will revolve around a Zeppelin in the sky of, uh, of Gotham. But what about the okay. final bullockism as well? Yes. Um, there's a great one, though, where Harvey says... Penguin, Nigma, and Tetch all in the same place for a high-stakes prisoner exchange... What could go wrong? <laughs> I love that one. Uh, and the other one from the episode that I loved as well is uh, is Harvey saying to Jim, you threw me against a train. <laughs> Two, actually. I felt like a cartoon. <laughs> really nice moments. That's our final bulletism of 22 episodes. Well, there's just one more, which is a fairly poignant one as well. Yeah, where Jim really has just persuaded Harvey to do this high-stake uh, exchange between um, Tetch and, and Penguin. Mm-hmm. And he does look at him, and it, it's a semi-serious moment where he goes, it's now or never. You know one of these days I'm going to say never. That's you know, yeah. Jim, don't push your luck. 
uh, you can't always get what you want, mm-hmm. so to speak. A big yeah. moment, big moment, yes, really good. Uh, and that is the end of our bullocisms for, tw- for yeah. 22 episodes. Um, I think next season, because I've been really enjoying some of the other characters this season, I think next season we should be doing line of, line of episodes, the best line of each episode. Yeah, I think so. And let, and let you guys, our <laughs> listeners, let us know what you thought your favourite line from each episode is. I've, I've, been, I've enjoyed... People coming to us, our listeners coming to us and telling us what their favourite bullockisms of the episodes definitely, are. So, definitely. Um, so hopefully we'll get some really good lines next season. I'm sure we will. I'm yes. sure we will. John, overall, what do you think of the episode? I would give it four iceberg lounges out of five. Ooh. You could go on a pub crawl with that many bars. Um, <laughs> certainly if you're a lightweight like me, you would probably also get very drunk. Yes. Um, whilst going around those four uh, bars, there was a lot in this episode, but it was done and handled really well. And I think it's just one of the absolute shining strengths that has come through uh, this season is mm-hmm. how they handle multiple storylines, multiple characters, multiple arcs within you know the episode. And I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really hoping that Rachel Gould will come back in season four. I'm expecting he will. Yes. Uh, but it was a nice little introduction. Uh, but I, I loved how this all kind of played out. And I think for me, what makes this episode so good is how they handle Bruce Wayne donning a mask, becoming a, a proto-vigilante, testing the ground, saving um, a family who are in the same situation as him and yes. his parents. But he changes their course of history. I think that's really important. I think Harvey Bullock really was kind of the anchor point for the audience here. You know, he challenges Jim. He tries to save Jim and he ends up saving Jim uh, whilst also having some really good Bullockisms. And I think, you know, to see Barbara, Tabitha and... uh Butch all kind of have their moment along with the Penguin and the Riddler. It'll be interesting to know uh, whether that Riddler ice cube melts, the Edsicle uh, melts and how quickly or, uh, you know, what is going to happen it's when It's just it a melts? question of how quickly, isn't it? Yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> like, is this feud now sort of like the Montagues and the Capulets from Romeo and Juliet? Mm-hmm. It is going to be generational uh, in that sense, uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I thought this really was a great, great episode. And I, I liked how Jim was torn between Leslie and the badge. And I thought that was a nice little touch for, for this episode, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. Excellent episode. I think I'd put it up there with one of my favourite episodes of the show so far, of, of all three seasons. It, it's gone from strength to strength throughout the season. I can't think of an episode that I've... I've entirely hated. I can't think of an episode that I thought was was so par. This season has just been really, really enjoyable from from start to finish. Really, uh, right from our introduction back at the start of the season to uh, to Valerie Vale, um, if you remember, right the way back at the start. So, uh, and and all the way through has been really interesting. Getting some really cool characters, getting things like Jervis Tetch's storyline was great. Getting the Executioner oh, in there, absolutely. which was great fun in its own sense. The Executioner yeah. is still on the loose He's as well. Still at large, yeah, yeah. So. Um, sure, it's that, either at large or you're in Arkham until you want to be <laughs> yeah. at large again. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think with that, on to some feedback. Yes. 
And we got a good bit of voicemail feedback in from Claire Payne through our website over at GothamTVPodcast.com. Hooray, this season's finale is what I've been waiting for. The finales of one and two have been just as rewarding, but I feel they poured everything I loved about Gotham into this episode and have set up an intriguing direction for season four. The first part of this episode I'd like to talk about is the scene between Oswald and Ed. I notice a really cool detail. When Oswald is driving the police car with Ed in the back, Oswald is humming a tune to himself. The song is called Four Leaf Clover, which was played over the scene of Ed in episode 19, which was called Azriel, when he was looking for the secret entrance to Indian Hill. My bullockism for this episode is... Penguin, Nigma, and Tetch in the same room for high stakes hostage swap? What could possibly go wrong? Another bullockism to the lab tech. Have you ever seen blood in a mason jar before? I love the ongoing story between Jim and Leslie, the passion they had, and they look so cool in their shades on when they arrived at the train station. Harvey's my unsung hero of this season. I think the way he reasons and reminds Jim with his police badge is excellent. Leslie's love letter to Jim at the end of this episode was beautiful. Her words floated over the top of some incredible scenes. Butch Gilzine is really called Cyrus Goat, Solomon Grundy. I will miss Butch, but it's incredibly cool for Drew Powell to take on a comic book favourite. Oswald revealing his new nightclub, the Iceberg Lounge, and will have a familiar centrepiece, the Riddler chilling for the moment, and Leslie herself leaving Gotham also for the moment. Oswald and Ed were brilliant together as always. Even though there was a lot of verbal attacking each other, I felt there was a great deal of honesty in their overdue conversation. When I thought about their scene before, the amazing twist where Oswald gets Mr. Freeze to freeze Ed. Oswald was five steps ahead of Nigma. He planted the tie pin, removed the bullets, called Ivy and Victor to meet him at the docks. He knew Ed would take him to the docks and he knew he would have to pull a massive tantrum. Barbara showing up was just luck. I also love how Oswald admits he is driven by his emotions but Ed to him is more predictable. A desperate and compulsive need to complete what you have started in exacting fashion. I am now going to gloat now how Penguin wins season three. Go Team Penguin. Another great scene between Bruce and Alfred at his hospital bedside with Bruce admitting that he has been so lost and needs a destiny. Really like how Alfred tells him that he needs to find one thing he needs he needs to care about. The shot of Bruce standing on the rooftop after preventing a child becoming an orphan was brilliant. The way he admired the city below him just showed Master B is growing up very quickly. Selena visiting Bruce was a tough scene, but Selena turning up at the sirens look, now looking for Barbara, which is a probably a very fortunate for her as Tabitha is there with a crack of a whip from Selena, which was in, which was very impressive. Tabitha sees potential in Selena as she as she wants to be somebody. So much to look forward to in season four. What will become of Barbara after being electrocuted? When will the Riddler melt? Gotham's new hero rising to find his destiny. I just hope Jim and Harvey have time to be a couple of B-cops again before the crazier Gotham City starts again. Many thanks for the last 22 podcasts covering Gotham Season 3. And yes, John, I will definitely be with you both for the next 99 episodes. Many thanks, Claire. Thanks so much, Claire. Great to hear your thoughts about this episode. Absolutely. Thank you uh, so much, Claire, uh, for for all those thoughts on, on the episode. I think you're very similar with myself that everything you liked about Gotham was 
in this particular episode. Yeah, I think they really did a good job of just squeezing it all into one episode. Yeah, I think definitely go Team Penguin. Um, I thought uh, Robin Lord Taylor and how he handled Ed and just their interaction I thought was excellent. It was a really good finale to those two characters. Mm-hmm. And then I do think that um, Robin Lord Taylor's, just the way he's approached those scenes with... Um, the, the Riddler in, in, in those scenes between the the Riddler and uh, the Penguin, I think, with Corey Michael Smith, has been really, really good, yeah. really standout. Um, and, yeah, definitely go Team Penguin, although there is a little bit of go Team uh, Tetch as well for oh, me. Yeah. Um, so that was very, very cool. I think, yeah, Butch as uh, Cyrus Gold. Mm-hmm is going to shape up to be really, really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Master B, I like that. I think I might have to uh, adopt that saying. Master B, yes. he certainly is growing up. Um, That's from Alfred. Very quickly. Yeah, no, and I think... Um, yeah, but I, I think I'll, I'm going to pinch it from Claire rather than Alfred. Okay, um, yeah. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, he is uh, growing up uh, very quickly, but I really want to see how... He grows now into this this role in season four, mm-hmm. um, in, in relation to his new kind of cobbled together sort of outfit, uh, but also just how the bat becomes part of, of this. I think could yeah. be really really cool. I don't know how cobbled together things are when you're a billionaire, though. I presume you kind of pay someone to cobble them together quite well and well, keep, maybe. Them, keep them silent. <laughs> yeah, but certainly I'm going to really uh, look forward to season four like yourself. Uh-huh. Um, and certainly not much time left for that. Um, and I do think Alfred uh, was great in this episode. Um, at the start, the, the way he was talking to, to Bruce Wayne, just the emotion coming through on his face yeah. and, and how he got that across was, was absolutely uh, phenomenal, mm-hmm. I thought. And you can kind of see why Selena would be driven the way she is by her conversation with Bruce. After everything she's been through this season, she does genuinely care about him and to be pushed away the way she is. You can see why that would drive her into uh, into going off to Tabitha as well. So thank you so much, Claire, for those thoughts. Yeah, um, and remember, you can leave voicemail over at gothamtvpodcast.com. You can leave up to 90 seconds. Just click on the the right-hand tab on the side of uh, the screen. Yeah. And, of course, there is also our Facebook group and our Twitter handle. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast and go to at Gotham TV podcast at Twitter. They are all gearing up for season four. As are we. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, we have uh, we have got some feedback from Claire about the full season. We're going to hold that. We have going to have a very short episode because John still hasn't seen the San Diego Comic Con trailer or the new Bruce trailer because he's been holding yeah. himself, but holding himself off, holding myself off, those. absolutely. Um, but we will get to see them in the next uh, in the next uh, week, and we'll uh, we'll record our podcast about that, and we'll talk about um, players. Next piece of feedback in there. We do have one more piece of voicemail feedback, which came in from Annalise. Hey guys, it's Annalise here, and I am just have one question in relation to the finale. There were a lot of reveals and um, Easter eggs, I guess you could say, of things to come in season four, based off of what was in the finale. Which one was your favorite? I look forward to hearing about that, and maybe even if you guys decide to cover some of the San Diego Comic-Con teasers or even just 
the trailers that have been coming out for season four. Looking forward to hearing the podcast and talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for that, Annalise. Um, Certainly, I think I had two really favorite Easter eggs here. I always have to... Uh, well, yeah, maybe 1.5. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the creation of the Iceberg Lounge, I am absolutely stoked about. I think um, that, to me, is completely synonymous with the Penguin. Um, I know, obviously, he had the umbrella, and that was great, and he was involved with the with uh, Fisher's Old Bar, but it was great to finally get the name the and, and have also the centerpiece of, of the Frozen uh, Riddler, I think is really cool. But in particular, I think it's Solomon Grundy and Cyrus Gold. Uh, I really, I think for two reasons. A, for the character from the comics, but secondly then, just the fact that it is coming from Butch Gilzean, a.k.a. Drew Powell. And I, I, <laughs> I think, think he's yeah. ever come back <laughs> No, I know, but um, <laughs> I just think... Um, I can't wait to see what he does with this character, and I can't wait to see how this character interacts uh, in Gotham. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. But I'm sorry, I have to go for the bigger one. Um, I mm. love the reveal of of that there is a Solomon Grundy, but that could pay off to be nothing. That could be just something in the background. I know it's going to pay off to be something, but the big moment in this episode, the big uh, the big moment with. Uh, Bruce looking over his city. Um, I think that was fabulously done. I love that Alfred is saying to to Bruce, "You got to find something you love, and when you find it, you protect it with all your heart." And what Bruce finds is the hidden people of Gotham, the hidden victims of Gotham, as it says on the TV. Uh, and he is going to protect those hidden victims of Gotham uh, with the vigilante ways in the future. Having that moment, that moment of realization for Bruce, is a huge, huge moment. Not really an Easter egg. But a big moment. So thanks so much for sending that in, Annalise. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I think as we were saying before, we are gearing up for season four in a couple of weeks' yes. time now at this stage. Um, and of course, for all you Gothamites out there, please um, head on over and subscribe to our podcast, Gotham TV Podcast, mm-hmm. over at Apple Podcasts. You can just go gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Subscribe there, or you can search Gotham TV Podcast in any other good podcast catcher. Uh, And of course, please subscribe. And of course, as always, and as in life in general, share the love. Absolutely, absolutely. And send in your feedback to us as we go through. Uh, We'll be putting up some spoiler posts in our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast and um, you, you'll see a spoiler post go up as soon as we've watched the episode and just pop in your thoughts in there if you don't want to email us uh, or send us in any voicemails in future that's the easiest way to get in contact with us and share your feedback as season four of Gotham kicks off on the 21st of September with Pax Penguinia yes Pax Penguinia mm-hmm. the first episode of season four is called Pax Penguinia uh, Pax John what is it it's a truce. Yes, yeah. it is a Roman word or a Latin word, mm-hmm. I should say. Yes. Right. I wonder if he'll have laurels in his hair, like the Caesars of old ancient Rome. Maybe. I would that would that designate that he's the king of Gotham again? Possibly. Or the Caesar of Gotham. Oh, the Caesar of Gotham, yeah. yes. Uh, all will be revealed on the twenty first of September, but interesting to see that uh, we may have a little bit more of a chilled penguin uh, next season for many reasons. 
We also only have a chilled Riddler. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, come on over 21st of September as Gotham TV podcasts discusses, reviews, and gets involved in the Gotham community for season four yes. um, of a 22-episode season mm-hmm. where we will have breaks. Sunny delights, no doubt. Yes, yes, we'll have some breaks as well next time. We'll be twenty-two we episodes in a row. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us for season three and every episode that we've been that we've been releasing since right back uh, in two thousand fourteen. Uh, been doing this a long time now, and really excited to get into a brand new season in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Absolutely, uh, I am going to go to the train station wearing cool sunglasses. Um, as always, a pleasure speaking with you, and we will speak with you again next time. See you for season four. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.